This is the Song Heart Connection Podcast, Episode 5, The Melody Within. In 1993, Feature Films for Family released a movie musical called Rigoletto. The story highlights the life of a mysterious rich man with a disfigured face and an abrasive disposition. He lives in a mansion alone, and one day a young girl comes to work for him. Bonnie learns that Ribaldi is an accomplished musician and singer and asks that he teach her how to sing better. And the rest unfolds somewhat like Beauty and the Beast, minus the romance. Thank God. (laughs) As their friendship blossoms, Bonnie sees the true beauty beneath his ugliness. Meanwhile, her charm and kindness changes his angry and unapproachable nature. Through befriending Ribaldi, Bonnie learns not to judge him or any other person by their appearance. That's the lame synopsis. It's a feel-good, mushy show with a beautiful orchestral and vocal score, and everyone should watch it at least once. Or 50 times, like I did. I was obsessed with this movie, uh, and I'm pretty certain I watched it on repeat for the entirety of my childhood. We ordered the piano score, and I went to town on it, back when piano was my primary instrument. What was it about this movie that I was obsessed with? The music? The storyline? The musical male figure in this young girl's life? Mind you, I also had an insane attachment to Newsies, which aside from the fabulous music, had everything to do with watching two hours of hot young New York guys singing and dancing all over my screen. Jack Kelly was sexy, but I was always team racetrack. Okay? Played by Max Casella. There's something about a New York Italian. I don't know. It makes sense, I guess. Though Spot Conlon was a close second. My sister and I swooned for Brooklyn. Anyway, I'll return to that later to expand on how the song Santa Fe became an integral part of my heart's music library, and to this day still means so much to me. There's one song from Rigoletto I played as a young girl that I can still remember without looking at the music. Well, I remember most of it anyway. Over the years, I'd sit down to play it and bits and pieces would return to my memory, but never the song in completion. I'd get through the beginning and have a lapse, leaving the piano bummed I couldn't remember the rest. And slowly over time, the song has found its way into my fingers again. The only part missing is the end. As I've mentioned, I gravitate toward making music when feeling alone, disconnected, depressed. And per usual, one night a couple weeks ago, the song chose itself. All of my music scores are packed away in storage in Florida still. I wasn't even certain I had this score anymore. So I searched the online database and found the song. And I played it. And I sobbed. So much came up that night as I reconnected to a piece that clearly assisted in my emotional growth as a child. I had never forgotten the lyrics, but to sing them while playing and crying was really healing. And so, the song Heart Connection evolved once again.
Music boxes have within melodies they carry with them. Once they're open, music fills the air. Every person you have known has a song of their own. Once they open up, you'll hear what's there. It's not easy. You must listen with your heart for what lies hidden. There was a melody locked deep inside of me, but now it's free. It found a place embraced by harmony, sweet harmony. Love, more than anything, teaches our hearts to sing. Only love could break the shell. Now I know very well the love within myself. The other song from the show that I love is called Let Me In. So I figured in that moment as I was playing, why stop now? Let's revisit more repressed memories through music. I was on a roll already. I became my own therapist in that moment, and there was a gentle nudge that urged me to continue. So I did. This song not only brought up family trauma, but shined a light on some current heartache, too. My favorite verse is actually the final verse. I'd play it, but I don't like the singer on the recording. <laughs> don't Yeah, I don't really love her voice. Um, also, she sounds too informed, and I prefer the youthful, naive 
sound in this. So I'll just read the text instead. There is a part in fairy tales. <laughs> mm. Take two. There is a part in fairy tales that's very near the end. The princess and the prince proclaim their love. Ooh, words, Des, come on. And hearts are healed and souls are changed and two blend into one, all orchestrated by the stars above. But when I stand at the door of my dreams and face a lonely heart calling for me, I could fill that emptiness within if that heart would let me in. Won't someone let me in? I'm currently reading two phenomenal books, The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma, and Musicophilia, Tales of Music and the Brain. In the book Musicophilia, the author references Theodore Reich, who wrote about the musical fragments, or tunes, that arrive in our psyche. Quote, Melodies which run through your mind may give the analyst a clue to the secret life of emotions that every one of us lives. In this inward singing, I love that, the voice of an unknown self conveys not only passing moods and impulses, but sometimes a disavowed or denied wish, a longing and a drive we do not like to admit to ourselves. Whatever secret message it carries, the incidental music accompanying our conscious thinking is never accidental. Now, taken from the chapter Music on the Brain, Imagery and Imagination, the author writes, It seems to me that most of our musical imagery is not voluntarily commanded or summoned, but comes to us apparently spontaneously. Sometimes it just pops into the mind, and other times it may play there quietly for a while, without our even noticing it. And though voluntary musical imagery may not be easily available to the relatively unmusical, virtually everyone has involuntary musical imagery. He quotes a correspondent. Every memory of my childhood has a soundtrack to it. Chapter 12 of Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's book is titled The Unbearable Heaviness of Remembering. I have developed my own theory that making music was, for me, simply put, symptom management. My focus and attention on operatic study, practice, score analysis, translation, performing, rehearsing, etc., though surely kept me alive and feeling full of purpose, masked much unexamined mental and emotional terrain. There was a period of time in my life that my soul felt completely dead. It wasn't very long ago, in fact. I became unrecognizable to myself in photos, and I can remember telling my therapist that I had lost my zest for living. Though my days were filled with rewarding musical work, collaborating with extraordinary people, I can remember not wanting to listen to or create music outside of the time I was teaching or researching rep. Some may say this is perfectly normal, as my life was, for all intents and purposes, consumed by noise. But I knew better. It meant my own music had stopped. For the first time ever in my life, my heart was on the line. Music had gotten me through horrific and depressing life events, but at what cost? How was it that I, in my 30s, was only now or then, beginning to address the repressed trauma that had otherwise been masked as my musical passion? Or that, are they essentially one and the same? I, I still beg the question. 
Working with your voice is insanely vulnerable, and to find a teacher you love and trust is crucial. For my current students, I try to embody everything I did not receive from certain teachers and exhibit the very best from those I did. I had a traumatic experience with one voice teacher in particular. He and I met when I was 13 years old, and I thought the world of him. He became a father figure to me during a time in my life when my father was not only physically unavailable, as most pilots are, but when he was available, he was emotionally abusive. And on the record, he is not excused for this behavior, but this, unfortunately, is common practice for victims of trauma. Anyway, I found safety in this teacher and trusted him on a personal and artistic level. I loved him as a parent, even though by blood he was not mine. I studied with him for a few special years as a teen, during two summer programs in college, and then we reconnected in my late 20s when I was living in Boston. I won't go into detail, but after a year of lessons and spending much quality time together as adults, this person was inappropriate with me. A father figure, trusted mentor, and musical inspiration for a significant part of my life broke my heart into pieces as he disrespected our 15-year relationship. Aside from the day Virginia Opera fired me after I left everything and everyone I knew and loved in Boston, my experience with this teacher had everything to do with why I stopped singing. I muted my music. I went into creative hiding for a long time after these two events. My job at Boko certainly helped to bring my heart and soul back to life as I processed these traumas as best I could at the time. But the song-heart connection has really helped heal a wound I imagined would never feel fully repaired. And so it goes. And then there's the other side of trauma a different type of trauma, I quote from yet another book, Running on Empty. Sometimes it's not about the memories you have of your past. It's about what didn't happen. When I set out for my Italian rite of passage in December of 2018, I was following a feeling. A tearful day in Rittenhouse Square observing an Italian mother playing with her children set my heart on fire. And in that moment, a new phase of emotional discovery began for me. That month spent in Italy, I focused on myself and worked with an Italian tutor every day. At this point, this was my fifth trip to Italy, but it was the first fully on my own. At times, especially over the holidays, it was gut-wrenchingly lonely. But over the course of 30 days, I fell in love all over again with the culture, the music, the food, the people, the language, and in turn, my life and my heart and soul revived little by little. And it continues to do so through my work now. I will end this episode with a sweet exchange my tutor and I had on my last day in Italy. <clears throat> I said to him, I feel like I'm leaving a piece of myself behind here in Italy, to which he responded, or perhaps, Desiree, you discovered a piece that was missing all along.
Episode 5 of the Song Heart Connection Podcast, The Melody Within. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>